Hi, I'm Pastor Peter Dosick, and I know that you know that. But I want to encourage you that you understand the values of your church. What is important, the first and foremost important thing about a believer's life is that they have faith. They believe in God. They believe in His ways, His counsel, His statutes, 
and his judgment. So, as a believer, as a member of Only Believe Ministries Christian Center, come together, let's grow in faith so we can please God and glorify him. We believe in building strong friendships, caring for one another, and watching out for our brothers and our sisters in our church family. We also believe in nurturing relationships in our workplace and our neighborhood so that we can win people to Jesus. The love we experience in our upward connection with Christ is the love we strive to share every single day because we value relationships. It is no secret around here that one of our top values is being a rescuer for Christ. You may be saying, Nicole, I don't know how to rescue somebody. What if they're broke? What if they need mended? That's okay. If they do, you're in the right place at the right time. Remember, it's not our job to fix anyone. That's God's job. But it is our job to share the love of Jesus Christ, like someone shared with you. Share his love. Share your testimony. It'll work. Women become in an atmosphere of security. Men become in an atmosphere of honor. Because we cannot reach our full potential without each other. You're not pursuing your wife as the treasure she is with your whole heart, man. You are missing out. Your wife needs and deserves your whole heart. Husbands are our treasure too. Whatever we put our effort to, Whatever we give our time, our resources to, that's gonna become the treasure in our life. You can experience your freedom. You can experience forgiveness that is not of this world. You're gonna experience it in His time, for His glory, but in the meantime, don't miss it. All right, good morning, everybody. I just want to welcome you to Only Believe today. If you're a first-time guest with us, we're so glad that you're here. I know that Jesse is going to be super excited to see all of your faces as well. Uh, but we just want you to know we're glad you're here, and we are praying that you are encouraged and blessed this morning by the service. And so thank you for being here in church family. It's the first Sunday of the new year, and I could not think of a better place to be than right here with you guys worshiping Jesus today. It's going to be an incredible day. For those of you joining us on live stream. Thank you for joining us. It's an honor to have you with us today, and we're believing that God will meet you right where you are, but we would love to have you here with us as well. So if you feel comfortable and you'd like to come pay us a visit, we would love to have you actually be here with us in the building. It would be great to meet you. Let's see here. I got a couple of announcements. First off, we are starting 21 days of prayer today. It actually starts today, and so the church is going to be open at 7 p.m. every night for the next 21 days for us to gather corporately and pray, and there's going to be a uh, list of what we're going to be praying for, how we're going to be seeking the Lord, but I want to encourage you guys to be a part of that. You know, Jesus taught us to pray and never give up praying, never stop praying, and you know why he said that? Because God's faithful. And our prayers move the hand of God. And so we want to gather together as the body of Christ. And we want to pray and seek the Lord about some very specific things for this year, for our churches, for our families. We want to see God do some amazing things in 2021. How many of you would like to see that with us? 
Amen. So we'll look forward to seeing you guys as you're able to be here. We'd love to see you here. And there's also a prayer tree out at the Welcome Center. There's a tree in the middle of the Welcome Center. If you have a prayer request, we encourage you to fill out one of the forms, hang it on that tree, and then during the 21 days of prayer, we're going to be praying specifically over those prayer needs. So we'd love for you to do that. We are kicking off small groups. We have six small groups happening uh, this semester. Uh, There is a limit to how many people can be in each small group, but we want to encourage you to do that. Again, The Bible teaches us that we're the body of Christ. And one of the best places for you to find healing, to find encouragement, is in a small group where you can actually be the body and you can use the gifts that God's given you to encourage and and love on the other people in the body. And so we want to encourage you, if you haven't signed up for a small group, please do so. You can do that out at the Welcome Center, and it will bless you for sure. And then the last announcement is the Exo Marriage Conference. You saw the commercial for it. That's happening February 12th and 13th, and we would love to have you be there for that as well. So plan on it. Now we get to go into worship, which is one of my favorite things. Would you guys stand up with me? I want to encourage you for a minute before we get into worship. 2020 was weird, to put it simply, but we're not in 2020 anymore. We're in 2021. It's the first Sunday of the new year. God's doing new things this year. He did some new things last year, but he's getting ready to do some new things this year. Many of us went through 2020, and it was a very hard year for us. Some of us went through it, and it was great. 2020 was very difficult for some of us. But today's a new day. And I just want you to know that the same miracle-working God of the Old Testament is the same miracle-working God today. I want you to know that the same miracle-working Jesus, who was the light that shined into the darkness, is still the light shining into the darkness today. But here's the thing. Jesus said that to come into this light is a lot like being born again. You can't just stumble into it. You can't just walk about and accidentally find it. No, it's a whole new thing happening in your life. And it comes down to this decision. It says, I believe in Jesus. I believe in him. And Jesus says that this belief, it's like a new birth. And now we enter the world in a brand new way, no longer shrouded by the darkness, but we've seen the light and we're following the light. And you know what we do when we come together as the church? We get to practice in here how we're going to participate out there. And you know one way you're supposed to participate in the world in a new birth? Is you sing the praises and you declare the glory of the risen Savior. You let people know there's a hope. And his name is Jesus. And there's no darkness too great that he can't overcome. So church, I want to encourage you today to step into the light. Step into the light and worship and praise because sometimes we just got to praise until the light gets our eyes. There's a darkness that can veil us, but Jesus will break through everything. If you're here today and you still feel that weight and that burden of 2020, it's time to step into the light and give Jesus some praise and acknowledge that he is Lord, that he's greater than anything that we've gone through, and he's got a new thing planned for us. Man, I'm so excited for what God's going to do this year. I'm not being held back by what happened last year or the year before that. We're going somewhere new. Chains are falling. So I want to invite you again. Come down here. Get down here at the altar and give God your best. See what happens when you step out just a little bit and give God something new.
Oh, come on. He called your name. You called my name.
I am the God that still raises the dead. I am the God that has decreed, decreed and declared my word and it shall be established. It shall not return unto me void. 2021 is going to be a year where dead dreams are raised to life again. Just as I raised Lazarus from dead, it had been four days and it seemed like it was impossible. I am the God that makes the impossible possible. So believe me once again and put my word in your mouth once again. Do not allow past disappointments or misunderstandings from the past keep you from pressing forward. But keep your eyes on me and know that I am the one that will resurrect the dream. I am the one that will resurrect the dead things and bring them back to life again. I am the God of the resurrection life and power. So put my word in your mouth and stand fast. I am the faithful one who promised. words early on probably nine months ago and there were two words specifically it was magic and illusion and then a few months back he gave me a vision of a paper boy an old-fashioned old-time paper boy that was standing out in the streets and he was saying hear ye hear ye read all about it there's an expose coming and then the next thing was that God said there's an exposure there's an uprooting and there's a healing God said I'm taking a pot shirt and I'm scraping away the dead things. I am scraping away the corruption and the necrotic flesh that has sought to infiltrate not only the body but the nation. I am beginning a work, God, that no, or work that the Lord says no one shall stop. I am taking away the cataracts off of the eyes, the clouded vision so that people can see clearly. 2020 is perfect vision. We will look back and after the exposure, we will begin to see what has taken place where we can see clearly and have a clear understanding of what has been happening. The masquerading, God said, I'm removing the masks of deception, says the Lord. The people that were wearing the masks and they were trying to do things behind the scenes that have been, that have been um, evil, evil. And John, behind closed doors, God said, I'm pulling back the veil. I'm pulling back the veil on the corruption. So do not fear, says the Lord. Do not fear in this hour because many things shall happen and many shall fall, says the Lord. But have I not told you? Have I not said that I would prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies? Am I not the strong tower? And I, am I not the strong right hand? Am I not the place that you can run to for security and safety during a time of shaking? But God says, do not fear, says the Lord, for I am not done. I have just begun. In 2021, there will be some great and awesome things take place. So do not fear, says the Lord. Set your eyes upon me because I am the God and I am the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And there shall be no other, says he. And I just praise the Almighty God today for doing the work, the work in this nation. And I thank you, God, for your word today. You turn morning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory.
Glory to God. Well, good morning. Hallelujah. I hope that the devil was shaken when you woke up in your neighborhood. And I hope you told him that if I discover anything you're doing here, I'm going to make you reverse it. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that you're here today. And uh, because if you weren't here, there would be no reason for me to be here. So I'm glad that you're here. And of course, you know that we have a friend of the house, friend of our family, but more so a voice to the body of Christ, Jesse Duplantis. So, yes, hallelujah. Oh, if you're going to clap, go ahead and just clap. Give him praise God. Hallelujah. All right, we're going to receive our tithing offering for our church today. So if you need tithing offering envelope, reach up in uh, the pew that is in front of you or these gentlemen and ladies will help you and make all your checks payable to Only Believe Ministries Christian Center. And that goes into our general fund and helps us do everything that we're doing for the kingdom of God, not only locally, but around the world. And uh, so uh, we appreciate your seed. We appreciate the faithful tithers of our house. You know, God gives us wisdom. It may run cross-grain of the wisdom of the world, but it's still the wisdom of God. In other words, God unveils to us understanding and how to successfully use our faith to appropriate the promise. The Bible says that we are not to lean to our own understanding. Your own understanding will get you further away from God than it will get you closer to God. But the Bible says that if you will honor the Lord with your substance, with the first fruits of your increase, then your barns will be filled. Now that is what God said. Now I'm sure that you have something that you want to say, but God said this is the wise thing to do. Then there is the wisdom of man, which always says, take care of yourself. But the wisdom of God says, allow him to take care of you. Then there is the wisdom that is from beneath. It is devilish, it's contentious, it's confusing, but it is the wisdom of the world. Now, you and I have a choice today. You can operate in the wisdom of God that knows everything from the end to the beginning and the beginning to the end. Now God gives you a word of wisdom. Now you can do things your way or you can do them the wise way. Which do you think you should choose? That is the life of the tither. Now, as you give today, of course, seeds produce harvest. So as you give, it's going to be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Men and women are going to give it into your bosom. Sinners, short, thin, black, white, they're going to give into your bosom. So today as we receive our tithing offering, be as wise as God has enabled you to be. 
And as you sow your seed, expect a harvest. Father, in the name of Jesus, I join my faith with every wise person in this place. That God is a tithe and honor you as the God of all of their provision, the God of their protection, the God of their guidance, the God of their life. That God, I agree that you open the windows of heaven and pour out upon them a blessing that they in a lifetime could not possibly contain. Their children will be blessed and their children's children will be blessed. I thank you for that. And God, I agree and join my faith with them. Those, God, that are sowing seeds, I join my faith with them also. That as that seed touches the soil of the kingdom of God, that it will burst forth, that it will flourish and bring forth a harvest. Now, God, we thank you for those things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Stand your feet and bring your tithe and offering unto the Lord. Well, praise God. Let's stand to our feet. And like Brother Jesse says, if your neighbor needs scratch, go ahead and scratch whatever he's scratching. And, uh, you know, get comfortable because we're about to hear something that's going to change your life. Going to revolutionize it. And uh, God has prepared this. He knew Brother Jesse was coming. And God has put a word in his mouth. And it's going to be filled with faith, joy, hope, love. So let's just allow the word to come into our heart as the man of God, Jesse Duplantis, comes to preach the word to us today. Give him a good round of applause. Hallelujah, Lord. Give the Lord a big God bless you. Come on. Uh, you can do better than that. Come on. Woo. Sunday morning in the house of God. Hallelujah. You might be seated if you can. And if you can't, stand up. I don't care. Glory to God. God is so good and gracious. Such an honor to come to only believe. I'm coming. This is my 34th year. Isn't that something? Who would have thought? 
way back when. God is so good and gracious. We understand covenant. We cut a covenant, me and Peter and Phyllis and Kathy, my wife, many, many years ago. And uh, it's just such a blessing of the Lord. We thank you for coming out today and being a part of this great, glorious day. God is so good and gracious. Now, you may have seen me on television, but if this is the first time you've ever seen me in person, would you stand to your feet? Just stand to your feet. I'd like to see you. Look at this. What a blessing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming. You know, I've realized some people don't have to come. There are a lot of ministers, and I hate to say some of them are friends, they have this attitude, let me bless you with my presence. You could have stayed home. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, my God. But God's word is so true, and it's such a blessing of the Lord. Come quickly, Joe. I want to get into the word. I brought some new things since I saw you last, and God is so good and gracious. Hallelujah. And I've learned something, ladies and gentlemen. There's two ways you can go. You can go forward or you can go backward. If you go forward, you can see where you're going. If you go backward, there's no eyes behind your head. So you're liable to stumble. Notice you can run forward a lot quicker than running backwards. And I wrote a book called Advancing Life. You go from revelation to inspiration to manifestation. Got to have a revelation. Then you have to be inspired by that revelation. And from that revelation and inspiration comes a manifestation because what you believe should come to pass for people to physically see it. Take it out the spirit world, bring it into the soulish world, from the soulish world to the natural world. You see? So, and, when you, and when you understand that, so how do I do that? See, a lot of people believe in healing, but they don't know how to break the power of natural law. You see, a lot of there's, a, there's two different things right there. You know, by his stripes you were healed, but now you got to do something to break that power of natural law in your body. You see, where your body will listen to your soul and your soul listens to your spirit and receive those dictates and it'll work. This book here will bless you because how many of you want to advance in life? And even as you grow older, you don't have to die sick. You don't. You know, the Bible said death and life is the power of your tongue. So cancer can't kill you unless you allow it. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. But we prayed. That's good. That's great. But did you receive? See, a lot of people know how to believe, but some people don't know how to receive. And there's a vast difference. How many of you knew I was coming here today? Hold your hand up. How'd you know? Couldn't see me. Couldn't touch me. Couldn't hear me. Couldn't smell me. I was not in the rim of your five senses. I said that last night. Yet you came. You came by faith. Something you couldn't see. And you got here. Isn't that amazing? And you know, when I was flying from New Orleans, you know, at 41,000 feet, there's no lights, say Botkins. No signs. <laughs> in fact, I was, Joe was with me. We were in the clouds, remember? And I said, Joe, we're, not, we're flying by inspiration. Them boys can't see a thing right now. You better trust those instruments. Because see, faith is the evidence of things not seen. This is a wonderful book. It will, it will advance you in life. It will advance you spiritually. It will advance you physically. And it will advance you financially in every area. Because life is nothing but a journey. That's all it is. But if you don't know where you're going, you're not going to know when you get there. Amen. This will help you. That's back there if you'd like to get it. Advance in life from revelation to inspiration to manifestation. I wrote this many years ago. I love this book. I probably wrote this 30 years ago. And, and it sold out good. God, I don't know, probably 100,000, 200,000 over the years. And now it's in paperback called God's Not Enough. He too much. He got too much grace. He got too much mercy. You know he's going to save somebody you don't like. <laughs> you know he's going to do it. I never forget when the Lord told me he's going to save my mother-in-law. I said, no, let her go to hell. 
I swear to God, I said that. I said, if you want to get rid of the devil, son of the hell, he'll commit suicide in two weeks, I'm telling you. I was wrong. Totally, completely wrong. She's a fine woman. Loves the Lord. This here, you, you, you see, why would you put limits on someone that's unlimited? My, do- my daughter Jody, when I used to give her things, especially for Christmas, she'd say, uh, you know, she'd tell me what she want. But then I said, you know, if you let daddy do what he want to do, oh, dad, you know, you do too much, you do too much, you, do, you know, and all that kind of stuff. I said, well, I am the dad of the too much. But now she's totally changed, so I asked her this year, what you want for Christmas, Jody? She said, let the Lord lead you, daddy. <laughs> she learned. See, when we're going to let the Lord lead us, this here will minister greatly to you. I'm telling you, it will bless you. I wrote that so many years ago. A lot of time I pick up my own books and read them myself. I said, I like this guy. <laughs> How God's abundant nature can revolutionize your life in every area. You ought to read this to your children. They'll grow up thinking the way God thinks. It will bless you. That's back there if you'd like to get that. And then I, I, this is a new DVD. I still love DVDs and things. And, and it's called Bringing Hidden Things to Light. See, and people don't understand. You see, you light it up. And then you can shut it down. See, when you bring hidden things to light, a lot of time I might be in a restaurant eating and the gifts of the Spirit begin to operate and function in me while I'm eating. And I just look up and I don't, people I don't even know. And, I, and, and all of a sudden the Lord begins to speak things to me about them people. And, you know, I'm real kind and nice. And they'll look at me. And you look at people, they'll go, hello. I said, hello. You know, the Lord just spoke something. They say, who? <laughs> they kind of freak out over that. Who? I said, the Lord. And then all of a sudden I'll say, why did you have a fight this morning with your husband? You picked it. And you shouldn't have done that. And his name is Nathan. And all he wants to do is love you. But you got a problem. You're insecure. But this stops today over Chinese food. Oh, you ought to see people. They stop eating. They go. It's amazing. Bringing hidden things to light. See, the word of God and the gifts of it. Don't just operate in church. It should operate everywhere. Christ in you, the hope of glory. This will bless you. I hope your DVD players are heavy duty because it'll burn that sucker flat. You understand what I'm saying? That's good back there. Go back there and avail yourself to the book and resource table if you so desire, and God will richly bless you. Stand to your feet one more time. I say it all the time. Stretch a little bit. If you've got to rub something, rub it quick. Get it over with. Glory to God because I want to get into the word today. Such a blessing of the Lord. Okay, you can be seated. Just want to make sure you're all right. I came out to the hotel today, and uh, I'm 71 years old, and uh, uh, 71 and a half, I guess you could say. And, you know, I'm a southern boy. I, you know, I, I'm, the, I'm south. And they started this, some snowflakes, and I got so excited. People thought I lost my mind. Look at that old man. He's excited. He's never seen snow. Yeah, I've seen snow, but it just, it's just nice. You know, we don't get it very often. It snowed one time when I was about, I don't know, eight, nine years old. I mean, it really snowed. Back, and when it snows in New Orleans, it's bad in Ohio. <laughs> Let me just say that, you know. But God has been so good and gracious. I want to talk today about something. It was my 2020 theme. My 2021 theme is, what shall I do for thee? What are you willing to ask God and take the persecution of the world? Who cares what the world says? I'm in the world, but I'm not of it. You see, so that doesn't make any difference. People say you cannot, you cannot offend Brother Jesse. I mean, I've had, I've had the best in the world give it the best shot. I didn't say you couldn't hurt my feelings, but I never let it, uh, you know, develop into offense. What's the difference between being hurt and being offended? But when you get hurt, you look for someone to heal you. Like a mama, look at a child, they hurt, they say, mama, kiss it. 
make it feel better. Now, when you get offended, you look for somebody to hurt. The church mafia kicks in. We're going to make them an offer. <laughs> it's a, that's offense. But you see, to, to accept the things of God, you've got to learn to expect. I got this sermon when I was walking in a mall. This lady came out of Macy's. I don't know if y'all have a Macy's here in Ohio. This is, uh, and she was really pregnant. I'm saying big pregnant. She just looked like a beach ball. She was very thin, but it did look like she might have birthed twins. And the Lord said, what do you see there? I said, a pregnant woman. He said, how do you know? He said, she's, I said, well, she's expecting. Expecting what? I said, a baby. How come it's a baby when you want it and the fetus when you don't? But that's another preaching story there. Glory to God. So if you got your Bibles, would you turn with me to the book of 2 Kings chapter 6. The book of 2 Kings chapter 6. I'll try to put on my Peter Dozek shoes so I can be a little pastoral in some areas here. I want to talk about expectation is the secret to abundance or results eternally. In every area of your life. 2 Kings chapter 6. But before I read the scripture, I'd like you to write this down if you're taking notes. Faith is the womb where expectation takes its first breath. Faith is the womb where expectation takes its first breath. Breathe and allow God to impregnate you with revelation from on high that will produce inspiration and manifestation. Faith is the womb where expectation takes its first breath. Everybody, if you are alive, had problems in life. There's always somebody trying to do something they shouldn't do. So in 2 Kings chapter 6, there's a king who wants to control Israel. And in verse 8, and I'm reading out of the King James Version, it says this. Then the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. Verse 9, and the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for the Syrians will come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him, and warned him of, saved himself there, not once but twice. Or nor twice, I mean, it was just happening. Now verse 11, sounds like Washington, D.C., because they don't know where the leaks are coming from. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for the thing, and he called his servants and said unto them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? He said, Somebody is telling this king where I'm at. Now, who is it? I want to know. You see what I'm saying? Inquiring minds want to know. I can't trap this guy because somebody's letting him know what's going on. So the king of Syria is pretty mad about that kind of situation. Verse 12. And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha. Ooh, I like it. The prophet that is in Israel. Telleth the king of Israel the words that I speak is in thy bedchamber. In other words, don't say nothing to your wife because Elisha is going to hear it. My God, you can't go anywhere. Now, this just irritates the king of Syria. <laughs> Verse 13. And he said, Go and spy where he is that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Now watch it. He figured, I'm going to get rid of this guy. So verse 14, Therefore he sent the horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and encompassed the city. So there they are. 100,000 picked Syrian 
troops. That's a lot of people. That's a major battalion. Let me just say that. Watch this. When the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city both with horses and chairs, and his horse and his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? Now I kind of quote this my way. And Elijah said, Fear not. How can you not fear when you got a hundred thousand people want to kill you? Think about that. He said, Fear not. For they that be with us is more than they that be with them. Now, I'm pretty sure his servants said, my God, 10,000, 20,000, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, 1, 2. He doesn't know how to add. Fear not. Fear tolerated if faith contaminated. There's more with us than there is with them. Look at this. That's kind of mind-boggling. Were you standing in front of such a powerful force? Verse 17, and Elisha prayed. It's good to pray when there's a powerful force in front of you. And he said, Lord, he didn't pray for himself. Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. In other words, Open his eyes and see how much power God has around us. Verse 18. When they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite this people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. There's always more with us than there is with them. People have told me since 2020 started back then, my God, but what are we going to do? I said the same thing we did before it started. It don't make no difference what anybody said. There's more with us than there's with them. Well, suppose Biden gets in. Suppose Trump gets in. What are we going to do? The same thing we did before. Live. Like as if, if somebody gets in you don't like, as if God's going to leave the planet. No. But see, a lot of times we walk around with blinded eyes. When we should have eyes to see, but you can't get them until you pray. Because prayer is the language of God. See, faith is the womb where expectation takes its first breath. So write this down if you're taking notes. We must elevate our mindset by believing in something. Not wishing in something, but knowing something. See, we must elevate our mindset. The soul is real. Your problem is not your spirit, it's in your soul. The mind, the will, and the emotion. That's where it's all at. The body don't know what to do. It's just trying to receive dictates from the spirit and the soul. Watch this. We must elevate our mindset by believing in something. Not wishing in something, I hope this, I wish it happens, but knowing something. See, when you know in whom you have believed, you're persuaded. I mean, Abraham right there, he says, I consider not, I stagger not, and I'm fully persuaded. I consider not my body being dead. There's no way I can have a baby. I cannot perform sexually. It's over. But that has nothing to do with the words of God. All I'm going to do is believe his word. And something hit that boy. And he walked into Sarah's tent. And Sarah saw him say, get down with your bad self, Abraham, Lord Jesus. And Isaac, born. See, he had to elevate his mindset. Not to just wish in something, but to know something. How you know something? By believing in something. See, I know without a shadow of a doubt that if Kathy goes to the mall, she's going to spend money. She ain't going to the mall like me to just look around. You know, when all COVID hit <laughs> and everything shut down, I said, whoo, 
Lord Jesus. I'm going to save some money. Kathy can't go to the mall. But she found another way. It's called online shopping. Women will always find another way. You must elevate, or we must elevate our mindset by believing in something, not wishing in something, but knowing something. See, simplicity of faith. See, that's what it's all about. Simplicity in faith is the answer to changing difficult and even impossible situations into belief. Write that down. I'm, 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 I'm going to say it a little slower. Simplicity in faith is the answer to changing difficult and even impossible situations into belief. I had so many ministers call and say, my God, what are we going to do? Especially evangelists and traveling, but how are we going to make a living? I said, by make a giving. Go give something. Watch God make a living for you. Yeah, but, but, but that's how I make my living. Oh, 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 so you make my living. So your source is people instead of God. Does God use people? Yes. He says he causes men to give into your bosom. But you don't walk up to people and say, are you the man that's supposed to bless me? That's a religious con artist. You know it and I know it. See, but when you understand what simplicity of faith is, now faith is, not tomorrow, not next week. Now, why do we put it in the future when we want it now? See, just simple faith, simple. That's why I love children. Children are born believers until you teach them the doubt. My God, if you tell your kids you, you, you go going to Disney World, they're going to run out of the house all day and tell everybody in there, but we're going there. ain't got no evidence to the fact that you're going. But they believe you. Now, if you don't go, the next time you tell them, they go, are you sure? Because you taught them something called doubt, which you should never do. See, you will never see faith. You never do. You just see the results of it. When we had all these hurricanes, we were in the uh, hurricane cone eight times. In New Orleans, we pushed all seven of them away, and one came so close to my house that I could see the eye, but it never touched anything. We didn't lose nothing. Zero. And I said, Lord, we've been able to get these things out of here. Why did this one get so close? He said, so much fear. So the Lord told me, he said, so just surround your house with your faith and everything be fine. I didn't even lose a limb. And you could hear outside, and I went outside, and my trees were like this. I said, oh, this is good. <laughs> it was a blessing of the Lord. You see, you can never see faith. Faith's invisible. I had a man tell me that. He said, boy, the next day, he said, did you see that wind? I said, no, neither did you. Oh, yeah, but just, I, saw, I said, no, the wind's invisible. You didn't see the wind. No one ever has ever seen the wind. You see, you see the effects of the wind. You didn't see the wind. You see the effects of Well, you don't see faith. You see the effects of faith. See, that's great expectation, getting great results, not only in this life, but in eternity, see. See, when you're expecting, eyes will be open to see results before they show up. See, when you're expecting, I see this man wasn't expecting this servant here, but when you're expecting, your eyes will open up before, before, before anything shows up, when you know in whom you have believed. So Abraham's walking around just telling everybody he's going to have a baby. Ain't nobody saying nothing. They think he's crazy, but he's the head of the family. And sure enough, Isaac was born. Yeah. Yeah, but you make it sound so simple. It is. See, you need a good theologian to help you misunderstand the Bible. <laughs> Jack your brain up. You know what the Greek says? No, just give it to me in English, man. Just give it to me in English. I like the Greek. I like the Hebrew. But, but, but yes or no? Yeah, but you ever, you ever tried to read an insurance policy? Now, that's a trip. It takes a lawyer to read an insurance When all you want to know is, am I covered? Yes or no? Is that correct? 
Pretty simple, isn't it? So I don't, have to, I don't go by what I see. I go by what I believe. And the reason I believe it, because I've, I've, I've enhanced it so much, I know in whom I have believed. I got past the do, and now I know. And when I know, it didn't make any difference what the world says. Why? Because great as he was in us, then he was in the world. Yeah, but what about the COVID? No weapon formed against me going to prosper. What about all the people that died? What about it? You still here? Well, suppose you die, then you go to heaven. Suppose you live, you still go to heaven. Nothing changes. Do you see my point? So when you understand, when you're expecting, when you're expecting, eyes will be open to see results before they show up. So people say, but Jesse, my God, you don't worry about nothing? No, I have two gifts God gave me. He gave me peace and he gave me rest. I use them every day. I have the peace of God, the peace from God, and the peace with God. So when God shows at my house, I don't go, are you mad today? Why? Because I got, I got peace with him. I have peace from him, and I have the peace of God. What is that? That's supernatural perspective. And when that happens, supernatural perspective creates peace in the heart, and it clears a path for peace in life. See, when you have supernatural perspective, it creates peace in the heart. And then it clears a path for peace in life. See, when you understand that, then you understand Isaiah 119. If you be willing and obedient. I mean, what part of that you don't understand? If you just be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. So I decided to eat the good of the land. Who do you think you are? Eating the good of the land. Yeah, I don't believe in prosperity. Well, stay broke. One guy said, I don't believe in a rapture. Stay here. I'm not trying to convince you. You see, I'm just telling you, if you want it, fine. You don't want it, don't do it. End of statement. See, if you be willing and obedient, you eat the good of the land. Now, I have been doing that since the day I got born again. I've had many opportunities to fail. You've heard me say it here thousands of times. I just don't take any. We're going to fly out of here today, right after service, right? We could crash the plane, but I promise you we will not. But I've been in situations, I've been down in three airplane crashes, and that'll make you speak in tongues even if you're a Baptist. <laughs> My God, you see a woman string of prayers, you think it's a rosary, and pray the Hail Mary prayer on her neck. It's amazing how people come together in the unity of the faith. I've heard people screaming, you've never seen and heard screaming, unless you're on a plane that's having major, major trouble. And I never heard anybody say Buddha. I mean that critically. I never heard anybody say Muhammad. I never heard anybody say Allah. You know what I heard? Jesus. And loud. Jesus. You know, funny things happen on an airplane. One time, this is a true. It sounds like a joke, but I literally heard that there was a priest there. And uh, the, <laughs> the flight attendant said, uh, uh, Father, would you like a drink? He went, no, too close to the main office. I said, that, I said, is that a joke? But he was serious. Too close to the main office. We were at 37,000 feet. He said, no, too close to the main office. Glory to God. See, so, well, Brother Jesse, were you afraid? No. Why? I had a peace in my life. Not that I'm trying to man up on something. No, no. I just had a peace in my life. So he created a path of peace in my life. You see what I'm saying? Because I, oh, some young will get mad at it. I determine when I die. Oh, I lost you right there. Look at them, y'all. So do you. Or do you let someone else determine your death? 
when God says death and life is in the power of whose tongue? Not the doctors, not cancer, not diabetes, not high blood pressure, not crippling arthritis, infectious disorder of every kind. It's in your tongue. And God says, I put before you life and death, blessing and cursing. And God tells you what to do. Choose life. That you and your seed may live, not just survive. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, ladies and gentlemen, I've been shot at three times. They tried to electrocute me twice. I've been down on three airplanes. I mean, devil been trying to kill me a long time. <laughs> but a, see, a dead man can't kill a live man. Oh, you missed what I just said right there. Satan's dead. He restricted, rejected. He's a dead spirit. Are oh, you hear what I'm saying? See, I was saying this in Pastor Peter's office a while ago. A lot of people misquote this scripture. Satan come to kill, steal, and destroy. No, no, you, you misquoting that. No, no, he can't kill anything until he steals something. The original verse says, Satan comes to steal, then kill, then destroy. He can't kill you until he steals something. You see? See, he doesn't have as much power as the church world makes him out to be. Now, if you deal with him in the flesh, he, he can hurt you because he's familiar with you. A lot of people don't know the difference right now. We've got so many people prophesying. They don't know the difference between a prophet and a familiar spirit. Yeah. That's the, simply the truth. They don't know. And since they don't know, they're easily fooled. See, but when you understand, he can't kill you until he steals something from you. What does he want to steal from you? Your free will. And if you let him make that decision, he's a serial killer. He don't come to make sick. He come to destroy you. He's a destroyer. So when you understand that if in Isaiah 119, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. So I decided to do that all my life. It makes no difference about the economy of the United States or the economy of the state of Louisiana or the economy of the city of New Orleans. It has anything to do with that. It has to do with what I know God does. He said, I will bless you according to my riches and glory. Have you ever done a study on the riches of Jesus Christ? You ever done a study on the riches of God Almighty and you worried about your light bill? When you got, when you, can't you understand? Late, I've said this here before. It just comes to my mind. Scientists are trying to figure out a way to capture uh, asteroids. Asteroids. Why? Because they're full of gold, silver, magnesium titanium and all the elements that we need. But see, most people think they're trying to say so they don't destroy our planet. Yeah, but no, they don't. It can't a big one. That's not the issue. But the point is, it really, they can't because God said, I reserve this place for me. Now, my point is this. They, they want to capture it. You see? And there's billions and billions and billions of them. See, now, now we got, right now we have satellite. We have people studying this. See how to figure out all this out. And listen, <laughs> what are asteroids? God's garbage. His garbage. That's a thing that could not create, it did not create a planet. It's just pieces of rock. His garbage is worth a lot. Trillions and trillions of dollars. One asteroid. Tri not big ones, little ones, trillions and trillions of it. So you see what I'm saying? So you ought to be able to look up in the sky and see all the wondrous works of his hands. Yet your intellect can blind you to it and say, well, you know, God doesn't exist. You know, I know God exists because you here. Evolution is not that good. <laughs> Go to a golf course. Evolution didn't build that. <clears throat> Somebody, that's design. Somebody had a hand on how to 
put that green down, put that, those different things down. See, someone did something like that. You see what I'm saying? So when you understand that, that Christianity isn't natural. So I don't try to make it natural because the natural man receives it, not the things of God. So I can expect people to criticize me, people that don't know the Lord, all in prison, all across. Well, they're not, they're, not, they're not dumb. They're ignorant. And the Bible says, be not ignorant. They're not dumb. They're intelligent people, but they're just ignorant of spiritual things. See, Christianity isn't natural. It started with a miracle birth. And it ended with a miracle resurrection. Amen. See, Jesus is a living miracle. It started with a miracle birth. And ended with a miracle resurrection. Isn't that amazing? From a 15-year-old girl. And they said, she said, that can't be. I'm a virgin. I've never had a man. She, that wasn't a statement of doubt. That was a statement of inquiry. And that angel said, the Holy Ghost will come upon you. You shall conceive. And she says, let it be, even as you have said. Now, the, the priest, Zacharias, right before her, he's a, he's a priest. He is full of doubt. And angel said, I'm going to have to make you numb so this can come to pass. So he shut his mouth. Now, wait a minute. He should have been way more believing than Mary. But see, Mary had expectation. Great expectation. Zacharias had homiletical, hermeneutical, philosophical, theological points of law. So the angel had to make him dumb. Think about that for a minute. See, great expectation creates a passion for light, which makes you see more clearly. I love, I have a passion for souls. I have a passion. I'm still as excited today about my Christianity as I was when I got born again. On Labor Day weekend, 1974, in Boston, Massachusetts, in a bathroom at about 15 minutes to nine. I remember distinctly. Why? I died and I rose. So I'm not really worried about death because I did it once. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I don't really, I, I, you know, people, I have friends of mine, they, they like to fix themselves. I, I've got two wonderful plastic surgeons that are partners to my ministry. They're very wealthy. And they look at me, you know, they go, you know, Brad Jesse, you need some work. Look, it's a little loose. I don't, I don't really care. <laughs> because, you see, I'm a spirit housed in a soul and clothed in a body. Now, everybody wants to look good. Who don't want to look good, you know? I had a lady the other day come up. She said, Brother you think <laughs> you think getting a facelift is a sin? I said, no. That's what you want to do. But let me give you a word of knowledge. Do your neck, too. Because they got this perfect face, but the neck, man, if the wind blew, it slap the husband in the face. <laughs> I said, do the neck, for God's sake, do that neck. We took a picture at a wedding not long ago, and the lady by, she said, grab my neck. <laughs> kind of tighten it up. But I mean, if that's what you want to do, that's fine with me. I don't have a problem with that. Some people say, that's vanity. No, they just want to look nice. That's fine with me. Who cares? That's none of my business. I, I don't like questions that some people, women ask all the time. Honey, does this make me look fat? Don't answer that. You're going to die. <laughs> I don't ever answer those questions.
No, why? Because I, I, I have wisdom. <laughs> I'll tell you something funny. Is this thing on television? This is years ago. I never, I thought I knew my wife. Oh, Lord. I've been married to Kathy 50 years. Be 51 come July of this year. Yeah, bless you. Isn't that a blessing? I mean, and we talk about married young. She was 17. I was 20. Different generation. So she said, Jesse, now, you know, as you get older, you gain weight or you lose. I have gained and lost the same 25, 30 pounds at least 100 times. Y'all notice I've lost some weight? Well, say something for God's sake, will you? I'm starving up here. Praise God. So watch this. And Kathy's never had weight ever. She weighed 95 pounds, Marge, when I married her. After Jody was born, she got up to 117 pounds at nine months pregnancy. Within a week and a half, she was back down to 95. But then something happened to her. When, uh, it's called menopause. Now, you know what that means? Men, pause. Because things happen. Boy, they start sweating. And you say, what's the problem? Shut up. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. I ain't, I ain't saying nothing here. And she hollered at me. She's going to get mad. I couldn't have, this is the funniest thing I've seen in my life. Jesse, I have my own bathroom. She, I said, what? Come here and help me. I thought, wait, 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 wait I'm a helper. Wait, wait, I've never helped her get dressed before in my life. Other than she'll say, come in, do you like this? She comes in, and that's when they used to wear pantyhose, I think that's what you call them. Oh, yeah. And they're about this wide. <laughs> she says, so she, she says, Get in the back of me, pull it up. I said, that will not fit in that. <laughs> Look at that lady right there. Buzz. I said, she said, pull it. I said, I, I'm telling you. I said, it ain't going to fit. It's going to rip. Pull it. <laughs> I never thought in my life. Finally, I got that baby over Mount Everest. <laughs> oh, don't get mad at me. Hang on. I, I'm straining it. I said, I? so I start, we stuff some in there. <laughs> Finally got it up to our way. She said, turn it loose. Pow! I said, my God, did it cut her in half. She said, look, doesn't it make me look good? I could hear about it saying, help, help me. Help. And I know women do this all the time. After they come back from church, they go in that bath and they go, oh, because <laughs> they got red marks on their skin that is all jammed together. That's called marriage. <laughs> and I'm just, I got the same problem, but I was tight. Who was I tight when that woman married me? I had a body. You got to see it by faith, but I did. <laughs> I had a six pack, got a keg now. My belly button was round. Now that sucker's flat. <laughs> Took a shower this morning, leaned over, and water fell out my belly. I said, boy, this is sad. <laughs> but it doesn't bother Kathy at all because she can't see it. <laughs> oh, don't send this to my house, please. See, expectation is an energy that cracks through the barriers of life. It cracks right through them. 
How's it done, Brother Jesse? How can this great expectation get great results? It's done by thinking. It's done by speaking. And it's done by acting. That's Romans 4, 17. He called those things to be not as though they were. Thinking, speaking, and acting. Not long ago, I walked into my partner services. And we're preaching right now, ladies and gentlemen. I'm in Botkins, Ohio, 2.9 billion people worldwide in 14 different languages. That's not counting social media. Okay? That's, and I'm here in Botkins, Ohio. That's amazing. That's technology, isn't it? But not long ago, I walked into my partner services. They call it partner care. I walked in just like this. Let me get out the light here for a second. Just walked in. And uh, the supervisor partner, she says, can I help you? They all call me boss. Boss, can I help you? I said, no. Not a thing. I'm just doing this. She said, uh, what are you doing? I said, I'm listening to the sounds of thinking. She said, what did you say? I said, I'm listening to the sounds of thinking because whoever's not thinking is making mistakes. She said, I never thought about that. See, because if you're not thinking, then you're making mistakes. See, I expect things to happen. And, I, and the reason why I do it, I do it by thinking, by speaking, and then by acting on it. So when I pray, if you get a little sniffle or you got something bothering you, I don't deny that. I tell people to go to doctors. I believe in doctors. Wouldn't be for doctors. A lot of people have died. Thank God for doctors. But they're practicing. Remember when it was okay not to wear a mask? Remember when the CDC said don't wear a mask? The Surgeon General of the United States said don't wear a mask. Then everybody went slap crazy. Now the Bible said everybody wear a mask. Stay six foot apart. And if somebody sneezes, people run out the house. <laughs> what has happened? Fear. That's been added to the mix. Isn't that amazing? So when you understand, I just think, I speak, and I, I say, God, I don't deny this pain. I deny its right to exist. Now, going to the doctor is not a lack of faith. No, I think it takes great faith to go to a doctor because he, he's shooting in the dark too. Okay, well, give me your symptoms. Let's see what happens. And nothing wrong with doctors. I believe in doctors, medicines, hospitals. I believe in all that kind of stuff. Don't misunderstand it. But I also bring God there with me. You see what I'm saying? And when you understand that, and, you know, and I walk in, and when I talk to a doctor, I'll tell him what thus saith the Lord said. Now, why would you go to a doctor and not listen to what he says? Should have stayed home. That's like going to church and not listening to what your pastor say. Should have stayed home. Now, take this three times a day. I ain't. If I'd have been your doctor, I would say, well, then get out of here. Go home. You, 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 you're burning daylight. It'd be like you take your car. It's not running. You bring it to a mechanic. Uh, don't fix it like that. Maybe that's the only way you can fix it. You see what I'm saying? Same thing with church. It's amazing how people that go to church think they're experts. I don't know how to run that church. No, you can't even run your own life. How are you going to run a church? Amen. Running a church is, is more than just your life. Now, I'm, not being, I'm not being critical here. Listen to me. It would be like me telling a plumber how to fix something. You see what I'm saying? It's a vast difference. Well, you know, and, you don't, and you don't choose a church. <laughs> Let me just say, God don't care if you don't like your pastor. You don't care if your children don't like the teacher. 
If that kid comes and says, I hate that teacher, what you tell that boy? Shut up, boy. You listen to what that teacher tell you to do. What would you do if you'd say, somebody coming to church, a deacon say, shut up and do what Peter says. Now sit down. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Let me tell you something. Moses had the biggest church in the world, the most, unpo most unpopular pastor. He had, according to some uh, uh, people, they say he had three million people. Only two people liked him. Two out of three million. Joshua and Caleb. His sister mad at him. His brother mad at him. But God didn't change Moses, did he? Mm. Watch this. When Moses went to heaven, his sons didn't get the top slot. The anointing is not genetic. I wish it was. Sometimes it is, but most of the time it's not. I'm pretty sure that made Moses' son kind of mad. Who it went to? Joshua. Why? Because Joshua stuck with him. Watch this. When Joshua went home to be with the Lord, his sons didn't get the top slot. Why? Because they wouldn't listen to their leaders. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. I'm flying out of here right after service. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? So when you go to church, put, you don't go to the critique. What you do is you go to learn, not memorize. Learn. And learn what? Not Christianity. That's man-made. Learn Christ. He said, learn of me personally. A God that you know personally. Hello, Jesus. Hi, Jesse. That kind of thing. You see, we are inmates of two worlds, a world seen and a world not seen. A world of time and a world of eternity. We are inmates of those two worlds. Let me say it again. We, we are inmates of two worlds. A world seen and a world not seen. A world of time and a world of eternity. So I'm always expecting and believing. I will double. Let me tell all my partners. Who gets my partner letter here on my magazine? Hold your hand up. Our new, our new theme for 2021. And I'm preaching the old one because I didn't do it last year here. So I had to finish it out. This is the last time I do this. It's because, you see, God wants to do whatever you're willing to receive. What are you willing to say? And it makes no difference what anybody says. I mean, they have a right to say it, but that shouldn't, it shouldn't affect you. You see what I'm saying? Kathy sometimes says, do you like my hair? I said, what? I always say, do you like it? Yeah, I said, good enough. It has nothing to do with whether I like it or not. It's what you're comfortable with. And vice versa. See, they're always trying to get me to change my hairstyle. Kathy told me that the other day, your hair looked like a football helmet. And, I, and her person, but just let me spike your hair. No. <laughs> if I would do anything with my hair, I'd let it grow long again. Because I was the first kid in school that had hair. Oh, Lord. They had fits. My daddy said, boy, if you ever run away from home and hide in a barbershop, we'll never find you. <laughs> We'd never look in a barbershop. He ain't going to cut his hair. I told my granddaughter the other day, I said, you know, uh, Meredith, I said, uh, I think I'm going to let my hair grow long. She's seen me. I got video. She's seen her, her grandfather at 20 years old. She, she, she's seen my whole life go from, uh, you know, because it's on video. I mean, uh, you know, as a rocker. Yeah. Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. And middle age, gray hair, white hair. So I said, hey, Mary, I think I'm, I sort of described, I said, I think I'm going to let my hair grow long. Oh, no, grandfather, grandfather's supposed to have white hair and short hair. <laughs> then she looked at her, at, she called me Papa Jay. She said, and grandfather got more hair than you, Papa Jay, and he's 71, and you, mm-hmm. 
Oh, I just tell you, I told J.D. the other day, would you please move your head? The sun's hitting the bald spot and it's kind of blinding me. <laughs> now, we know, and the only reason I do it because I know it aggravates him. <laughs> it's just funny to me. But what he doesn't know, ball is in. Ball is in. They got guys with head down to their eyebrows shaving their head. I got a friend of mine, I won't name his name, but he's in California. And I said, my God, how do you get your hair so so short he said my head is tattooed I said what the whole hairline it's all he ain't got it he's I've been bald since 23 I had it tattooed the whole head it looks like he just shaved his head I never thought of that before I said I bet that cost some dollars he said it did (laughs) you think I got hair don't you because he had that black that shit he said, I lost all my hair. But he said, I just thought I'd admit he looks good. He's buff and all that kind of stuff. I said, well, people got ways of getting around things. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's fine with me. He said, you like it? I said, yeah. To tell you, I, I said, I just thought, man, you must have the sharpest clipper I've ever seen to get that close to the skin. <laughs> Look at some of these ball guys. I'm going to a tattoo shop tomorrow. <laughs> It's amazing. Sometimes we're walking blindfolded in the midst of truths and in the midst of realities. You see. So I live this life because I want to be holy, not religious. When I come before God, I'll tell you how I pray. I say it every time. I say, Father, I reverence your holy name because you got over 70 of them. I reverence your mission. I reverence your will. And I reverence your holiness. I said that this morning before I did my morning devotion. I learned it from Jesus on the Our Father prayer. He said, when you say, when you pray, say, Our Father, watch this. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. There's the mission. Thy will be done. His will. And notice he gets all through this before he gets to asking that, give us his day and all that stuff. Then be ye holy for I am holy. I approach him and I examine myself. It's not uh, uh, being sin conscious. It's being reverence conscious. You're going before a holy God. And then I start my prayers. And it's just wonderful. And then when I finish, I use the test all the time. Do you believe? That Jesus Christ came in the flesh. See, Satan, that's one thing he can't lie about. If you hear in voices, if you want to know it's God talking, say, do you believe that Jesus Christ came in the flesh? That's in the book of 1 John. Do you believe that Jesus Christ came in the flesh? He will say, no. Well, he could lie and say, yes, no, he can't lie on that. Because he would cause total rebellion in his, where his demons are. You know why he says no? He says, Jesus didn't defeat me. Jesus defeated me as God. He didn't defeat me as man. That's why he said, no, he didn't come in the flesh. But you see, Jesus did defeat him as man. He called himself the son of man. He didn't call himself the son of God. And if Jesus can defeat him as man, you can defeat him as man. Do you see the difference there? You see that power? He says, no. Jesus, the son of God, he defeated me as God. No, he defeated you as a man. 
And if he can do that, so can you. Why? Go do the works that I do, and greater than these shall you do. That's St. John chapter 14, verses 12, 13, 14. I love that. Whatsoever you shall ask in my name. What does whatsoever mean to you? That will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Then he said, if you shall ask anything in my name. What does anything mean to you? See, that's spiritual, physical, financial, every area. And on your best day, you can't impress God with your wealth. And you certainly can't exhaust his possibilities. See, this is great expectation. Getting great results. I can't wait till I get to heaven so I can start my eternal work. I'm still like that. When the Lord saved me, I said, what do you want me to do? I'm like the apostle Paul. What would I have me to do? What do you want me to do? Boy, not till he gives me insights, concepts, and ideas. Most of the people I started out with, Peter, they all retired. Sick. I don't mean that pridefully, or that I'm something broke. No, I don't have a career and I don't have a job. I have a calling. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, but, but I know it will be. I just know it. How do you know it? I know it in my knower. Old Roberts used to say that. I never forget what old Roberts. I'll tell you something. I, always call, I was on the board of Regents of Old Roberts University. Okay. And, uh, he, and I, always, I never did call him Oral Roberts. He always, when he said, Jesse called me Oral, I never did. I called him Chancellor Roberts. He called me all the time, Jesse, especially after Hurricane Katrina. Are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm fine. My God, have you got your mail yet? I said, no. I averaged about 400,000 pieces of mail a month. When Hurricane Katrina hit, and that was in August, I got three letters complete by the end of the year. Lost all the mail, everything you could think. How you gonna, how you gonna do it, Jesse? I said, well, I walk by faith and not by sight. I figured, and I, I never forgot, I went and visited him. He said, Jesse, lay hands on me, teach me faith. I thought to myself, teach you faith? You a man that God chose to bring healing to a generation. Teach you faith? I said, look at all Robert University, man, my God. He said, Jesse, it's all in debt. But you are debt-free. You and Kenneth Cope, y'all are the most debt-free guys. I said, well, we just took that scripture. I think it's in Romans, oh, no man, anything but to love him. I believe that just like I believe St. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Same God talking, see? Nothing wrong with borrowing money, but I just prefer to uh, make money by interest. I'm Jewish. <laughs> Not by blood, but by inheritance of Christ. You know, I have a chance. My, my granddaughter, and let me close this. My granddaughter's beginning to ask things now. She's, she's a tween. She's so close. She looks 16. We hate it. She'll be 13 in March, but she looks 16. The hormones are kicked in. We don't like it. But we know it's happening. Jody called me the other day. She said, Dad, are you a man of God? I said, I am. She said, can you stop that? I said, no, I can't. I said, but you can teach her. And I always asked her what she want for Christmas. She'd tell me this and that, you know. This year was different. <laughs> her name is Meredith Margot Walker. We call her M&M. Or M. I say, M? What do you want grandfather to give you for Christmas? I thought she'd say something. She looked at me and she said, cash. <laughs> I said, cash? She said, yeah, I want to buy what I want. I want my own account. She said, I'm like you, grandfather, I saved. I'm not like mama. Jody burned, right? She said, she may save eight, nine months. I said, she said, how do you do what you do? I said, oh, you want me to teach you about money? I said, there's two ways. You can make money 
which is a wonderful thing, which means this, you have a job, you love it, work all your life for a time. That's a blessing of God. Don't get no better than that. Or you can work money. While you're sleeping, your money's making money. Or you can make money. You work at a job all your life and then you enjoy every bit. She said, what do you do? I said, I do both. I, I've worked for money and I work money. She said, I want to learn that. I said, sit your little self down. Let's talk. Then I begin to put things in her, you know. This, and, and, and she just, she listens. I thought, oh, God. And I thought, man. And that, the Lord said, does that sound familiar? He said, do you remember when you came to me and sat down and I began to teach you how to profit? Bible said in the book of Isaiah, I will teach you to profit. He told me how I could make money and I could work money. And he don't pay retail because he's Jewish. So when you understand that, then you'll understand this statement. I, have, I do a lot of investment things. And to make a long story, I have some Jewish friends of mine, you know, that we, we're in business together. And I love him. And his name is Peter, just like you up here. He said, hey, Jesse, you're going to try to convert me? He's Jewish now. I said, no. Wish I could, but I can't. I said, God can't even convert you without your permission. He just looked at me. I said, do you know Jesus is Jewish, Peter? I said, what's the matter? You don't like your own people? He goes, that's what I'm talking about. You understand? That's what I'm talking about. You know? And his son said, hey, Dad, let's go to his church. I understand everything over there. He's interesting. Do you know what this means? What does this mean? What is it? Lip oh, so you're a Star Trek person. Do you know that's a Jewish sign for prosperity? You've been watching Star Trek all this time and you don't believe in prosperity and you're going, live long and prosper. And you know why Leonard Nimoy saw this? Because there's a certain thing you do is so holy you have to put your head down the Jews. And he told his son, put your head down, don't look. It's too holy to look at it. And he looked at the high priest of that synagogue. And the high priest of that synagogue had this. Oh, that God, like this. They would come in between. And he used that in Star Trek. Isn't that amazing? God is even in the movie business. He can get in there when you least expect it. So we are inmates of two worlds, a world seen, a world not seen, a world of time, and a world of eternity. So I know in whom I have believed and I'm persuaded. So when you understand all this stuff, you, you, you go, well, I expect to be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed going in, blessed going out. I expect the blessings of God to overtake me, outrun me. I expect my God to live long and prosper. There's no other choice. I expect to live as long as I want to and go when I want to and come back when I want to. Every area of my life, spiritually, physically, and financially. It takes millions and millions and millions of dollars to operate this ministry. I'm not that good, ladies and gentlemen. I wish I was. I'm not that good. But God handles all that. I, 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 I tell my staff that everything you see here is all done by faith. Simply believing. Yeah. You see, and my, and my board of directors get mad at me sometimes because I won't tell you what I do with missions, and I never will. I protect the dignity of people who need help. You, know, you don't want nobody to know you're losing your house and things of that nature, so I just do things. Yeah, but you could watch it. Raise some Oh, oh. Jesus never raised money. He, he, he caught fish. 
I catch fish. I, I, I do give an, and we're going to receive an offering in just a minute for our ministry. And, but it's not, it's just giving you an opportunity. As we therefore have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially those who are of the household of faith. We're, all of you are of the household of faith. Don't miss an See, if you're waiting for an opportunity, you miss the one closest to you. You see what I'm saying? I'll I, I say this in close. Kathy buys uh, makeup and uh, lipstick, uh, eye, eye stuff at this place. I come walking in with her, and these two ladies, wonderful, they take care of her, you know. And so I'm just waiting, you know, because there ain't nothing there I want. <laughs> you know? And one of the girls says, uh, Reverend, can I say something to you? I said, well, yeah, how you doing? She said, do you think this is the end time? Well, this thing is looking bad. Oh, God. You think Jesus is coming? I said, what you think? I'll tell you what. I don't know what to think. I said, have you seen things like it before? No. I said, look up. Your redemption draweth not. She went. <laughs> she made the sign of the cross. I know she's Catholic. See, I understand that. Glory to God. <laughs> I thought, Lord, you're opening up doors. And the Lord said, I'll give you an assignment today. I said, Me? I said, God, we're in the makeup section here. I don't wear makeup. Now, sometimes I do when I have to do television. And I hate it. I'd be the ugliest woman you ever saw in your life. I just never I just don't like it. He said, I am making an assignment to you today. I expect you to get those two girls born again. I said, I'm yours to command, Lord. So now every time I go in, I said, Kathy buys her lipstick and stuff, all that stuff uh, at the Chanel place, something. It's in Dillard's, you know, the, wherever all that stuff is, you know. So I said, okay, here we go. So I come walking in, glory to God. They said, you look so happy, Reverend. I said, I am. The Lord told me to bless you today. Here's $100. Oh, you don't need to do that. I said, I can't disobey God. Oh, did God tell you that? I said, yeah, he loves you. He does. I said, oh, more than you can imagine. Boy, you see him go, ahem, ahem. I'm on assignment. I'm going to let my light so shine. That day I got called to a hospital from a person that I had to receive a confession because that's all they know how to do. This person said, everybody out of the room, Reverend, I need to make a confession. Now, I could have said, now, master, but he don't know. You see, he's got to learn. And I looked at him, I said, let's pray right now. And God's going to wash away everything. But you don't know what I've done. I said, you don't know what he's done. huh?" I said, he's done something far greater than you've done something real bad. I said, I will receive your confession if you'd like me to. But we're going to pray to the Father in Jesus, and he's going to wash you clean. And I mean, tears came in his eyes, and I led him to Jesus Christ, man. And I said, how do you feel? This boy is powerful, man. He went, I never felt this good in my life. I said, a weight of sin is off of you. His family's telling me now, he's changed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I could have said, now, wait a minute here. You know, no, no, I'm, I'm not going to be theological when someone is that close to death. I got to get this boy into heaven. You see what I'm saying? So it makes no difference. I'm not there to critique doctrinal issues. Like one man told me, I don't believe in speaking in tongues. I said, then you never will. 
Okay. I don't believe in healing. You ain't got sick enough yet. You ain't had a doctor say you got pancreatic cancer and you got six months, maybe four months to live. You're going to die. All of a sudden, somebody like me or Peter Dozek, you get, oh, let's get around these people. But that doesn't mean the devil don't attack us too. He does everything he tries. He does everything he tries to do. We just keep going. You see what I'm saying? Can I tell you one more story? Let me hurry. (laughs) I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana. And if you're from New Orleans, you've got to be Catholic at least once. I mean, it's just the way it is. All we ever knew was, oh, no, my nepotri, fili, spiritu santi. Anybody been Catholic at least once? A lady stops at my office. This is many, many years ago. I need to see Brother Jesse. I happen to come walking down the hall. Brother Jesse, may I speak to you? I said, yes, you may. Come on, come on in. I didn't know what she wanted. Didn't know who she was. I said, how, can, how, can, how may I help you? Listen to this more. She says, how come you don't like Mary? I said, Mary who? I know a lot of Marys. My executive secretary had been with me 20-something, 25, 26. Her name is Mary. She said, Mary, the mother of God. I said, I love Mary, the mother of God. My God, what an honor of a woman that she would birth God Almighty in the flesh. She said, well, how come you don't pray to Mary? And it's just earnest in her heart. You can see that. Now, I could have just cut that woman's guts out with a homiletical, hermeneutical, philosophical, theological point of view. I looked at her, I said, well, I'll tell you what, I pray like Mary prays. She said, what did you say? I said, I pray like Mary prays. I love her. I pray like Mary prays. I said, you don't pray like Mary prays? She goes, uh, I, I didn't know how she prayed. I said, you mean to tell me as much as you love Mary, you don't pray like Mary prays? She goes, well, how does Mary pray? I said, she prays to the Father in Jesus' name. Don't you want to pray like Mary prays? She said, yeah. I said, let's pray now. Father in Jesus. <laughs> She's just praying. She goes to her Tuesday night Bible study. Got 600 of them in there. And the pastor, the pastor, uh, the preacher said, let's pray the opera prayer. She said, stop. <laughs> and he goes, what? Who's about to pray? Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed are thou among women. Blessed the fruit of thy womb. Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us now and at the hour of our death. If you're Catholic, they got that in you so much, you'll never, get, you'll never forget it. And our Father who art in heaven, how to be thy name thy kingdom. Am I right? If you're a Pentecostal, you know it's there. She, and, and, and the priest said, what? She said, we got to pray like Mary prays. <laughs> and the priest said, how does Mary pray? <laughs> and he prays, to the, she prays to the Father in Jesus' name. He said, well, bless God, we're going to pray like Mary prays. They all started praying like Mary prays. They're all still doing it, praying like Mary prays. Somebody shout. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not there to cause a wedge and a division. Great expectation. And I got asked to preach in the church. At a nunciata Catholic church. They said, don't touch the altar. I said, okay. And I went, glory. They went, oh. <laughs> I could I forgot. <laughs> Gave an altar call. They had no idea what I was talking about. I said, that means you need to get saved. You need to get up here. And they went like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's go on. <laughs> I'm the only person, only Protestant minister to be asked by the Archdiocese of the Holy Roman Catholic Church in the state of Louisiana to preach in their churches. 
Why is that? I pray like Mary prays. <laughs> hey! She was in that upper room. Ain't no use to cause division. Let your light shine. Turn on your hard light. And it'll work for you. I'm Jesse Duplantis, and I approve this message. Give Jesus a hand clap for that. It's time to receive an offering. I appreciate Pastor Peter allowing me to receive an offering for our ministry. Last night we received one. And it's such a blessing. 100% of what you give goes into world evangelism. I always have projects. We had the most honorable thing happen to us. We have been struggling and fighting with Armstrong International Airport since 94. And they finally have allowed us to get this property that we wanted on a federally mandated airport. They said it would never happen. Well, it has happened. January the 18th, they will pass and do all the different leases and stuff. And we got, so it's, we're going to finally have a, I have a brand new hangar. The only one that's been built in 25 years, I have it. I own it. That cannot, they say, they allowed me to own a building on a federally mandate, mandated airport, which they don't do. And now they let me have this other building, and we got to renovate it. So we're going to renovate it. Every plane that flies in New Orleans, <laughs> They fly right by us. The president of the United States parks Air Force One about from me to the exit sign in front of my hangar. In the, listen, in the least, he said, is it all right, Reverend, if the president of the United States can come upon your property here? I don't own it, so it's leased. I said, sure. And I don't care who he is. I'm going to honor the president of the United States. I didn't say I have to agree with everything you say but I will honor the president. I'm an American. I'm, I'm honored the president of the United States. So we get to do that. In fact, I asked the head of Secret Service. I said, can I go into Air Force One? Nope. No, you cannot do that. I said, but I paid for that plane. My taxes paid for that plane. He went, yeah, I never thought about that. <laughs> it's true. I said, well, you know, check it out, man. Come on, man. Come on. Think about it. Well, I got a, I got a note there that said, we're thinking about letting him come on Air Force One. I've been wanting to go on that plane all my life. I just said, Lord, Jesus, keep praying. We'll see. But I mean, I open up my, my hangar. If he has guests. Get out the rain if something happens, you know. Well, we now got this, what they call the red roof building. So we got to renovate. It's going to cost about $100,000. They said more. No, no, I, I serve a Jewish God. I ain't spending more money than that. And I received an offering last night for that. I don't know what came in. I have no idea. I don't care if it's $2 or $2 billion. It doesn't make a difference. That's God's business. I'm going to ask you, if you don't mind, this is your money and not mine, that I'm going to renovate that. And watch this. People go, the president of the United States going to walk in there. You know what I would say? Let us pray. <laughs> it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be a blessing of the Lord. Believe in God for 100 people to give $1,000. Some give more, some give less. So that's where your money's going. To reach people, change lives, one soul at a time. And you know what? Since they said we could do it, people have walked in there and said, there's something different about that building. I said, God's spirit is already permeating that building. And I got a beautiful... One of my pilots gave me this beautiful eagle, huge. It's, the picture is about from, oh, I guess starting here to but right here of a golden eagle. And his feet are down. And he says, flaps down, gear down, on final. And that's what we do all the time. We're going to reach people right there. In fact, I'm going to put an office in there with a little altar. It's going to be something. It's, this has never happened. 
And yet it has. And they said it never would. Because I told them this was going to happen. They said, no, no, that, that'll never happen, Reverend. And I could have quit, but I didn't. God's word is true. So I'm going to ask you to give your best. Uh, 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 y'all going to bring it forward, huh? If you can bring the buckets out. If you're writing a check out, make it out to Only Believe Ministries, please. That goes a ball right there. Praise God. That's all right. And, uh, and they will give us one check. Now, can I say something? Look at me. Don't give me something that belongs to your church. I'm an honorable man, ladies and gentlemen. I've never had a scandal in my midst. They tried to say I did. If you knew two or three years ago, I was the number one store in the world about four jets and all that kind of stuff. Anybody remember that? Yeah. Well, my God, if I got four jets, I need to make a theft report. Three of them are missing. <laughs> if I find one, I'll give one to Peter. If I can find it, it's, it's, they just lied. They all repented, but they put little uh, things uh, uh, this big in the papers and they wouldn't say much of nothing because they didn't want to look foolish. God's word is true. 100% of what you give goes in the world of evangelism. We're totally debt free. I'm already taken care of. God's been good to me. The biggest giver of the Jesse Duplantis Ministries is Jesse Duplantis. Even the IRS says this. My, my, my tax attorney said, you give too much. I said, don't ever tell me that again. Never. Never. Yeah, but it won't help you tax-wise anymore. You're way past that. I tell him, I said, when the gospel is preached to the world, the end shall come. I'm going to get out of here. Jesus is coming. So I'm going to ask you to do your best. And whatever it is, it can, it can be a dollar. It can be thousand dollars it might be a hundred thousand can I tell you something last week I had a million dollar giver I never took one nickel of it they can't get over that even the IRS says he doesn't touch the money not mine oh, yeah, no no I ain't doing that and I'm a blessed man God honors me brother see because I know you work very hard for your seed and I promise you it will get good ground so uh, how do we do that? We have them stand up and bring it forward. Is that how that works, uh, brother? Y'all got, like I said last night, y'all got the shiniest offering buckets I've ever seen in my life. Look at them things, man. Praise God. We got to get something like that, man. I need to find Wait, let me know where y'all get these kind of buckets. <laughs> Those things are beautiful, man. So I'm going to ask you, the way they do it here at Only Believe Ministries, they ask people to stand up and come forward and give their offering. And thank you from the bottom of my heart. So would you do that right now, please? You that want to give. And if you don't, then, then you sit right there. Don't worry about it. Just do whatever the Lord tells you to do. And God will not. Thank you for helping us today. Thank you for being a partner to this ministry. That's what you're doing. But becoming a partner by giving in this offering today. I know I preached a little long. I probably shouldn't have went so long, but I can't help it. You know what I love about this church? They teach children to give. They bring their kids forward. Thank you. Or you can put it there, whatever you want. Thank you, ma'am. I appreciate that. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. What a blessing of the Lord. Woo, praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. Is God so good and gracious? Thank you for giving. I, look at this. I need one of the ushers real quick, please. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you doing that. Thank you. Could you put that in the bucket for me, please? Thank you. Hallelujah, Lord. Isn't that a blessing? Thank you, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, as you're giving, if you ever get a chance to come to the city of New Orleans, we'd love for you to come and visit our ministry. It's plantation, look, it's beautiful. It's all paid for. Anybody ever been there? Have you ever come? It's, you've been there, isn't it beautiful? Got those big white columns all over the place. It's just, it's like going in another time frame. 
I thank you for standing your feet. One more time, everybody. I thank you for allowing me a portion of your life. Peter, I can't thank you enough for allowing me to come 34 years. That's amazing to me. You know, it's amazing. I was looking. Yeah, the Lord said, I'm about ready to give an altar call. He said, I already did it. He said, when they get in their car, they'll be healed. It won't hurt when they said, their back won't hurt no more. He said, I was expecting them to pray and believe for me, to do something. So I just did it in advance. That's God's word. Salvation, people being saved right now through that camera, as well as being here. Let me tell you something. If I lived in this area, I'd come to this church. I like this church. I mean, what other name suits God more? Only believe. Think about that. Only believe. So if you don't have a good church, here's a good one. How do you know? I'm here, huh? That's just God's word. Peter leaned over to me, and I was watching all these people you know, doing praise and worship, and y'all all so casual, and that looks so nice. He said, I told him, just get casual, boy, and here they are. The world has changed. Let me give you an example. Come here, sweetheart. Yes, ma'am, come here. Come, come on up here. What's your name? Isabella. Isabella, how old are you, Isabella? Eleven. Eleven. I want everybody to look at me. Would you spend $100 on them jeans? Thank you, Isabella. You go. <laughs> they have figured out <laughs> that if they test something, they're going to sell it to you for $100. <laughs> you look wonderful, sweetheart. Praise the Lord. I used to be 11 myself. Look at it. Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> what a blessing of the Lord. I, I, I was here before you were born, Lincoln. Do you um, remember how you got here? No. Come on up. Come on up, Peter. I was sitting at my desk, and I dialed this phone number. Yes. I dialed the phone number. You said, how'd you get this number? I said, well, I'm sitting at my desk, and God told me to call this. And you said, you can't call this. He said, this goes to my personal office. You can't get here. I said, well, I'm here. <laughs> That's right. And uh, I said, I'll, God wants you to come to my church. He said, well, he said, I can't come to church. He said, I, have, I get over 2,000 invitations mm -hmm. a year. Mm -hmm. yeah. He said, I'm never going to be able to come to your church. He said, and the date you went, want, my friend always has me in, and I had about 200 people to his church every year. I said, well, I'm just telling you that God wants you to come to my church. So... Uh, he hung up and took my number and hung up. About 10 minutes later, hello, hey, this is Jesse Duplantis. You know, my friend called me right after you did and canceled me. So I'm going to come to your church. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then when you did, and the day you were going out, you put your hand on that knob and you said, Peter, any day you need me, any time you need That's me, right. I will be here. And you have flown in from other countries. Yes. To come in yes. and to preach when I couldn't have a speaker come yeah. in. And you have flown in Thank and been you. faithful to your word. Well, I yeah. mean, it was no way you could have raised the Holy Ghost, you see. 
And, and the reason why I realize is sometimes God, I'm a man when I give you my word, my word is my bond. You can't separate Jesse's plan from his word. You can't separate God from his word. So when I told that guy I would come to his church, I couldn't break it. See right. what I'm saying? I had Benny Henson mad at me one time. He said, oh, God, I want you to come. And I said, I can't. He said, Jesse, there are going to be 15,000 people there. I said, but I'm not going to be there. Yeah. He said, yeah, but my, where, where are you going? I said, I'm going to a church of about 250. But just there's going to be 15,000. I said, no, my word's my bond. That's right. I'll tell you that. T.D. Jakes gave me a Wednesday night at the Atlanta Dome thing. There were 73,000 people there. He said, Jesse, I want you to be the main speaker. I said, I can't do that. He said, what do you mean you can't do that? I said, because I'm preaching that night in another church. Well, how many they got in that church? I said, 800. Jesse, they're going to be 73. I said, well, I'm not going to be one of them. That's right. I said, yeah. but I can come for you Friday at 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> he was doing all. He said, I'll take it. There were it was 15,000 people at 10 o'clock in the morning. I preached for him. He said, can we go to dinner? I said, no. I said, I'd love to, Bishop, but I got to go. He said, where are you going? I said, I got to preach at 2 o'clock in the afternoon for Kenneth Copeland in Fort Worth. You don't think I need a jet? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but when I spoke to Peter, God connected us. Yeah. Yep, we did. Yes. Just, just connected. Yep. I, I even brought him on. Listen, I've read some of them do that. I brought him on vacation with me one yes, time. Yes, It was the blessing of the Lord. We had a wonderful time. Yeah. And I think about them often. And this man has one of the greatest healing ministries ever. I'm telling you, it's a blessing of the Lord. I highly recommend it. And I appreciate all you ministers coming and being a part of this fasting thing that he's doing here. God will honor you. It's been an honor and a pleasure. And, and once again, same time, same station, I guess. Same next place. Year. Praise God. Absolutely. Give Jesus Praise a hand clap as your pastor comes. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise God. And, and uh, that's what covenant is all about. Uh, I, I tell people, I had Brother Jesse Duplantis before he was famous. <laughs> I don't know. He's always been great in my life. And God told me to pick that number and give him a call. And uh, change my life, change our church's life, our family's life. And uh, I've never called that they haven't answered that number that I have immediately. Immediately they pick it up. Hey, Peter, how you doing? I said, great. And uh, he, just how he is in this pulpit, he is everywhere. He is everywhere. I uh, remember the, I was, when we were on vacation with him, uh, Kathy come up and she said, Jesse, uh, we got a 250 some thousand dollar check in the mail and he said uh, it's a royalty check and he said well let's give it to this church over there and I'm thinking like hello I'm right here and uh, he gave that $250,000 to that church to meet a need and he is a giver and uh, you can trust him with your money because you can trust him with what he says. And uh, so, praise God. Having said that, we want to thank you for coming. And I know that you've been blessed. Expect something big from God. Even if you miss it, you'll get more than what you already got. Amen? So let's expect things from God. Go, be blessed, and may the grace of God keep you and protect you. God bless you.